Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a podcast from BBC Studios, a commercial subsidiary of the BBC. So in the UK one, the worst thing I had was a blended camel penis. It was called a Schlong Island iced tea. Oh. <laughs> I picked this one because I see it everywhere I go. And like, I, I, want, to, I want to be a more conscious eater. And I want, it, I want to be a trendy eater. <laughs> I, 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 I you want to jump more... onto that bandwagon. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to be on every bandwagon. <laughs> Are you going to the final? Like, you yeah. did so well. When Reza Ruddock's not around, I'll tell everyone I came second. <laughs> hey, I'm Kay. And I'm Kate. And we are Pinch, Pinch of, of Nom. And it's another week of isolation and this is the magic ingredient. It is. It's another week of lockdown. It's been in... What have you been up to, Kate? Um, I had a nice trip out to the bin <laughs> yesterday. Um, what else did I do? I put the milk bottles out. Oh, yeah, we put the um, milk bottles out. That, I think that's like the highlight of the week for us. Yeah. Oh, other than speaking to Vicky Patterson. Before we let everyone else hear, maybe we should do some questions from... Or mailbag this week. I think we should, because obviously, you know, things have changed a little bit because we can't actually feed the guests the dish because we're in lockdown. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're going to... Should we should we delve into the mailbag? I think we should. Got an awful lot this week. So, um, do you want me to ask you, Kate? You can, or I can ask you. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you can ask me. Okay. Um. So, Lucy has... Chicken drumsticks. So I think what I've noticed with this week's mailbag is people are starting to run out of things that they put in the freezer. Or run out of ideas for things that they can get. Yeah. Um, I know for us, we're certainly running out of chicken in our freezer and it seems to be a theme this week. (laughs) (laughs) So um, she's got chicken drumsticks, um, but she's really unsure about how to jazz them up. Have we got any ideas? We, We have. A favourite of ours is salt and pepper chicken. It is super, super easy. And it's just literally four ingredients as well as Mm -hmm. the chicken. And they are white pepper, a bit of Chinese five spice, salt, obviously, and chilli. And you can add to that... Some onions. Some onions. We add spring onions usually and normal onions and maybe a bit of fresh chillies. Um, but obviously, if you've got no fresh chilies at the minute, you can use dried chilies. Yep, chili flakes. Dead easy. Sometimes called red pepper flakes. Have as if you're American, <laughs> I think. They, they can oh, still, they call still be called either here. Oh, I've learned something yeah. new today. Thanks, Kate. So, um, Kate, next up, we have Vicky Patterson, who, if anyone has watched TV in the past 10 years, 
they will certainly know who she is. So it was it was really, really, really nice having bit of Vicky on the podcast. It was. Here she is, Vicky Patterson. jungle and obviously in the jungle it's quite known for its challenges regarding food (laughs) (laughs) to put it put it lightly to put it lightly (laughs) I I need to ask because it's probably a question that most of our readers have probably got at some point what was the the worst and the best thing if you can even call it the best thing that you ate in the jungle (laughs) okay so I don't know how many British people actually know this fact about me, but I've actually done the jungle twice. So I did, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here in the UK, well, for UK audiences yeah. out in Australia. And then because of um, the level of sort of exposure I've got in Australia as well yeah. through Geordie Shaw, I did, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here for Australian TV out in South Africa. Wow. So, I know, so she it's like it punishment. <laughs> yes, so nice. I did it twice. <laughs> um, everyone thinks I'm crackers, but it was like the best experience of my life. Um, so I, I like, she twice. did it yeah. again. Yeah. yeah, I did it again. Um, and um, the English one, so that's got a slightly later watershed. So you get a lot of, right, let's bury the celebs underground. <laughs> you get a lot of like really quite gruesome stuff because although it's considered a family show, people are aware that we are going to be pushed to break. Yeah. However, in Australia, um, the Australian audiences they put it on around seven o'clock. Oh, wow. Uh, so it, it's a really family orientated show. It's got like a Kishi's Castle vibe almost. It's, oh, it's, wow. big, it's silly. Um, there's a lot more sort of like um, de- death defying feats, like yeah, jumping yeah, on yeah. giant stuff, and a lot more eating challenges. <laughs> so, whereas I know. So, in the UK one, the worst thing I had was a um, blended camel penis. It was called a Schlong Island iced tea. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't, oh. It was really grainy. It was grainy. Um, but the the one out in Aus- like the one out in South Africa for Australia, that I ate everything, <laughs> like everything. I tell you what, you name it, I've had it in my mouth. Really? Oh, Seriously? Oh, God, yeah. Awful. There's one particular challenge we um we they set up like a fake ice cream parlor yeah and the blindfolded were and they used like one mouth as the ice cream scoops oh no <laughs> it was horrible man one of the ice creams i had was called jawberry ice cream obviously a take on strawberry ice cream yeah. but it was blend it was moose jaw it was bits of moose jaw oh man like, actual i know horrible man what that, I had crickets, I had balls, I had so many balls in my mouth, man. Honestly, moose balls, camel balls, kangaroo balls, balls for days, lasses. What made you decide to do that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously, I did the first one, the English one, and there wasn't a lot of eating challenges, so I feel like I got got away a bit scot-free. I remember Fern, my pal, she had to eat live spider, so I think maybe I I was lulled into a false sense of security, and then I got dumped in the South African jungle, and that's when all the balls happened, so... (laughs) I won't be doing a third one, lasses, because I've seen how hard it can be. So, 
your magic ingredient can i so yeah. before we reveal what it is why did you pick it because it's a it's an it, it's dead trendy and i get that it's dead but did you know that they can grow to be like half a meter wide like it's it's they can be pretty big i picked this one because i see it everywhere i go and like i i want to i want to be a more conscious eater and i want it i want to be a trendy eater <laughs> I, 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 I you want to jump both... onto that bandwagon yeah, yeah. i want to be on every bandwagon <laughs> And I, I feel really bad that I don't know enough about it, but I've seen people doing amazing things with it, and I just think, bullshit. There's no way I can do that. There's no way I can do that. So I'm super excited by the prospect of learning how to actually, ha- whether it's true or not, or whether it's all just a very clever ruse. <laughs> Suppose we better mention what it is. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we better. We've this up now to, to <laughs> kind of what's going to be. Oh, is that Everyone's going to be like, oh, you picked ingredient. that. <laughs> But yeah, so you picked jackfruit, which is which is super, it is super, super, super on trend. Everywhere I go, everyone's using it as a meat substitute. We're not vegans. Um, we've tried. I'm some, not a vegan. We've tried some vegan food, and you're like, how on earth can it replicate what it's supposed to? And, yeah. and I'd love to feed this to you because it kind of really <laughs> is. It does live up to its name. So, Kate, can you tell us what we've cooked what, but what, haven't what cooked? We, what, what we would have. <laughs> I feel really mean because I keep saying, like, this is what we cooked. It's really nice, but you can't have any of it. <laughs> you teasing bastard, Kate. <laughs> One of our most popular recipes, I suppose, is campfire stew, which is right. um, use a gammon joint with, like, a uh-huh. bean and tomato sauce. Uh-huh. Um, so we thought, why not make a vegan version with jackfruit? Because it's it is a really good meat substitute. It kind of it takes on this texture when you cook it of kind of like like pulled pork. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what everyone I've seen yeah. everyone using it as, and I'm like, it looks not like pulled <laughs> yeah, pork. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. Everyone says it's like it's got a similar flavour to pulled pork when it's cooked as well. But you're like, how on earth is a fruit? How does it taste like pork? Like, how well, there was a work? fruit in the jungle called a vomit fruit. Oh, I thought that oh, tasted like vomit. But <laughs> yeah. jack, jackfruit actually has a bit of a unique smell to it, doesn't it? It's <laughs> like, oh. it, it does. So I'll, I'll tell you. So the first time I encountered this, we were out on holiday in America and I picked it off the dessert menu. It had a jackfruit puree. And the friend that Ooh. we were with was like, it can't possibly be horrible because it's on the dessert menu. It was yeah. vile. It was not nice for some reason. I just did not enjoy it. Tasted like vomit and vowed never to eat jackfruit ever again. What does it look like in its purest form? <laughs> so it's like a massive mango, but it's mm. got... It's like, how would you explain the texture, it's, Kate? It's like a meaty stringy texture, almost. No, but so... Like, so uh, Hang on, let's, let's go back, let's go back. So it... These little bit, the little nuggets come out of this massive fruit. So you don't eat the majority of the fruit. It's just like the, they're not pips, are they? It's like bits of the fruit that come out of the bigger fruit. Yeah. How can I, it's kind of like a melon, but not. Fruit babies. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right, there we go. That's the best way, actually. So these little fruit babies come out of this massive fruit. And they can be like nearly a metre 
in length. Yeah. They're massive. They can't be huge. I don't I don't understand how this happens, but they grow on trees. It's actually it's actually <laughs> it's actually a, a species big tree, yeah. of the fig family, the tree. So it's in the same family as of trees. You're getting figs. all technical now. <laughs> you you tell me what family it's in, Kate. Go on, Pat. It's in it's in the fig family. Oh right. Well I never saw that coming. So, like, when you think, like, figs come out, like, tiny little figs. It's yeah. like a massive fig, kind of. <laughs> if you think about it that way, it's like a, a massive fig. So Kate's going to give us a rundown of the dish. Of the, of the dish, even, Ooh, though, you, even though you can't try it. So it's really easy to make. <laughs> it's really easy to make. Basically, all you do is just throw a couple of tins of jackfruit in a slow cooker, um, mm-hmm. along with some... Onions, peppers, carrots, garlic, kidney beans, baked beans, chopped tomatoes. Then throw in a few herbs and spices like paprika, cumin, coriander, chilli flakes. And then just Mm. whack it on the heat for six hours or so. Then Mm -hmm. when it's after six hours, just shred your jackfruit up with a couple of forks. Just give it a stir and that's it. But Ooh, you yeah, can leave it nice. to simmer all day, so you don't have to stir it. You don't have to like fuss over it at all. So you go out to work or whatever, and then you come back and dinner's done. I mean, dead easy. Bob's your uncle, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or yeah, <laughs> or Jack, or Jack's yeah. Jack. <laughs> hey, what? When you came out of the jungle the second time, what was the what was the thing that you craved the most? that you then went on to get or have? Um, so, you know what, guys, right? I feel like the second jungle was such a dos compared to the first. Apart, <laughs> honestly, I'm going to put Australia on blast right now. They whinge like it was seriously tough. <laughs> oh, they are such a pack of fannies compared to us, man, right? Do you know who the series was sponsored by? What, who? KFC. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever we won a challenge, we've got a mega bucket, man. <laughs> no word of a lie. Where's this walk in the park? <laughs> Honestly, it was a walk in the park. Apart from the fact that we were under serious potential threat from like, like leopards and that, it was filmed what? in Kruger. It was filmed in Kruger National Park, so. Honestly, quite dangerous in terms of wild animals, but like the scran was great. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember coming back and we'd won a challenge and there was just like mega buckets everywhere. I was like, this is not right. This is not nuts. <laughs> I'm going to come out of here fatter than I came in. This is not right. That's insane. Um, <laughs> the first one, that yeah. was tough. Like you, you get hungry, you lose weight, you miss your favorite things. And um, the first time I came out, I wanted um, spaghetti bolognese. Yeah. I wanted spaghetti bolognese and cheesy garlic bread. Oh. That's what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> and Parmesan cheese. It's like, it's, it's one of those comfort food. It's like that you crave, do you know what I mean? Like, if you're if you're not feeling too well, like, you always yeah. turn to, yeah, spag bol or lasagna. Like, cheese, oh, pasta. Oh, yeah, I could literally die right now. I'd be really happy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just lush. lush. I just want to come out and sit in a big bath and rub bolognese on the So do you enjoy cooking at home? Well, you know what? It's a really weird case. So I never really cooked. I'm one of these, um, I'd say like... A, 
anything I knew about cooking was I'm like was from when I went to uni. Yeah. I was I went to uni. I mentioned earlier, not far from you guys, yeah. Liverpool John was. Um, and I, I what you probably call a student chef. So I lived with five lasses every one night of the week. One of we took it in turns to do to do a dinner. So I can do like nice fajitas or I can do canny good um, like a spag ball or a shepherd's pie. But none of it's from scratch. Like it's all out of jars. It's all out of an old El Paso packet. Like I never could, I never could navigate spices or anything like yeah. that. That was all beyond me. Um, until I did MasterChef last year. Yeah. Um, and then like the game just got blown wide open. I realized like there was so much out there that, like excited is and and I didn't know about and so many like just an untapped wealth of knowledge that I really wanted to to dive into. How did MasterChef come about? Like how how did that like have you always wanted to do it or was it just? Oh no, lasses! Honestly, my agents come to it. My agents come to us and they were like, "Right, big show this year, MasterChef." What you say? And I was like, "What the." <laughs> <laughs> where have you got this from that was like the jungle I understood the hunted I understand I'm rough I'm ready I, I like a challenge but master chef like I've never I've never cooked in about four yeah and they were like it's a great audience it's BBC yeah. like we think you'll 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 smash anything you set your mind to they've later disclosed that they didn't think I was going to get past the first heat but you got into the final but you got into the final like you yeah. did so well when Razor Ruddock's not around, I'll tell everyone I came second. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, glasses, it's so nice. Like, I never expected to fall in love with cooking the way I did, and I never expected to make friends the way I did on MasterChef. I just never expected to love the experience um, as much as I ended up doing. Um, but it's totally changed my life. Like, I wake up in the morning, and it just used to be a case of, like, oh, what like what restaurant am I going to go to tonight or what takeaway am I going to get what delivery I find myself like getting so excited about seeing what's in the fridge and and going away and researching recipes and, and working out what I can make from what I've got or like if, if I'm treating myself on a Saturday night like what we're gonna what I'm gonna get by in and what I'm gonna make from scratch and am I gonna try something new it's completely changed my whole perspective like you fellas loving it I've gained a stone I'm, 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 I'm having conflicted feelings about my new love for cooking it is a nice excitement though isn't it and it's like it's being proud of what you've made like I made yeah. this it's amazing I know. like it br- I think it's all it, right, isn't it? It brings you such a, a nice feeling. And especially at the minute, I think it's a really nice distraction to just get in the kitchen. And do you find that it like you can just lose yourself and get on with it? Because or do you do you find like comfort in following a recipe? Oh, um, so honestly, I used to be you'll see on MasterChef guys, like I, I was so scatterbrained, like <laughs> I was like a headless chicken. I was so out like screaming shouting like like at one point like I hid in a fridge just to get away from the process like I was petrified <laughs> of it and I just found it so overwhelming and intimidating like especially some of the the larger scale catering challenges but since like removing myself from the anxiety ridden cavernous kitchen on a master chef I take a real um, comfort in cooking um, I'm quite a neurotic person I don't know if you've Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, I've um, 
<laughs> don't know what you're saying. <laughs> um, I can I can be um can be yeah quite nervous, quite um uh, neurotic, quite intense. Yeah. And um cooking has allowed me to to calm myself, to soothe myself in, in in a way that I never thought was possible. So yeah, I often just get in the kitchen um and just zone out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Follow that recipe. Um and then even even just get lost in it and sort of I, I was just dipping like the other day for example I was just I melted a bit of chocolate I had some strawberries that were on the turn and I hate food waste I can't yeah. stand it so I was like right I'm not going to wallop two pounds of strawberries the night am I so I just melted off some dark chocolate and started dipping them in that and then I was like oh I've got extra dark chocolate what will I do so then I just made myself some because it was Easter those little um you know the little baskets I crushed up some hobnobs yeah. melted them in the chocolate and put some of the strawberries and then some of the little mini eggs on top and did them in there and then before you knew it, I was doing like this, like chocolate tart, like just for a little <laughs> spiral. I was like, Jesus Christ, we're all, we're off on a real tangent, yeah. But it's lovely. Like I just was dead relaxed. I was dead happy with my own company, and I, I just was really soothed. It's 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 opened a lot of doors for me. Yeah. Um, that med- meditation and yoga I never managed to do. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So we've got a few questions from our readers. Um they were they were absolutely elated when they found out oh. that we were talking to you. And That's so nice. Literally, That's a thing to say. literally swamped with questions. Um, so we've got a few which we've kind of covered because of the jungle. But Ali wants to know: Are you a sweet or savoury kind of girl? Oh, Ali, that's such a good question. Um, okay, it's a really difficult one because I'm just a greedy piglet in general. <laughs> Um, and I can be eating savory and then I'm like, oh, I'm full, but you know what I need? A little bit of sweet. And then I'll have a little bit of chocolate or some jellies or whatever it is, or a little bit of cake. And then I'll be like, I could go back to savory now. Like I just have this like super evil little cycle that I go through. Um, if I was hard pushed and I was like, right, gun to me head, I would say, oh, 
oh god i'm thinking like cheese hummus pitas or like cakes or like yeah cheese hummus pitas yeah yeah i'm, I'm savory guy that's a really good one savory it is the girls i think we've decided kate are you the same are you sweet too um i used to be a sweet really like sweets but i seem to have got a bit more savory now as i've got older. after this conversation <laughs> <laughs> I've got one more question from Polly. What What food didn't you like as a child, but you like now? Hers was cauliflower. Right. Okay. Uh, So again, another fun fact. You lasses may be able to tell us if this is true. I read somewhere that if you don't like something edible, you just have to eat seven of them in a row. And then you trick trick your brain into liking it. Is this true? So we have a story about this. We have a story about this. There's, there's one of our best friends also has this theory, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but she says it's, is it 10, ten times ten. that she's told us that you have okay. to try something 10 times. So she used to hate olives and we That's hate it? olives. Olives? I did it with olives? Right, this is, this is really, really, so we hate olives and mm-hmm. we tried them 10 times, didn't work. We still hate <laughs> olives. But I'm guessing it, it worked for you. Like, you like olives now. <laughs> Yeah, so there's two things that I just couldn't get away with as a child and I've grown to, I think, I think one of them I sort of love and the other I sort of abide. Olives I abide, I think. Um, And I mean, stuff with feta or something in in like garlicky olive oil, like yum, but I think that's more about the cheese. Um, But yeah, olives I just abide to look cool because everybody... (laughs) Because everyone yeah. Everyone's doing them and like all these cosmopolitan European babes do it. So I'm like, yeah, pass me an olive, not (laughs) so much. I like olives. Uh, Even though I'd much rather have some cheese cheese and pickle monster mush. Um, So yeah, so olives is one which I kind of just abide, but I forced myself into that with the the rule of seven. Um, Maybe it's the placebo effect, God knows. I'm very easily led. Um, And the second is coleslaw. Am I saying that right? I always say that. Coleslaw. Coleslaw. Yeah, Yeah, coleslaw. Yeah, I had a weird thing when I was a kid for like um, my food touching other foods. So you know on your plate as a kid it's it's very um it's very divided you have your your turkey dinosaurs you have your waffles and you have your beans or your peas or your carrots whatever your mom's making you have that day and (laughs) I got really weird about it this is and I didn't want any of things touching yeah and specifically not the wet foods if the wet foods touched my dry foods oh my god I used to lose my mind I was a terrible child poor mother so I think it stemmed from there like the dislike of coleslaw just not wanting wet foods to touch my other foods do you know what I can um, I completely yeah. get that because coleslaw when it mixes <laughs> with stuff is just a bit weird and even now I keep it apart maybe yeah. maybe it's a thing but I, I, I think I think Something psychological. Yeah, I think I think maybe though whoever told the people that we know or the mm. people or, or where we heard it about the seven or ten times, I think they were having a laugh. I think yeah, they wanted sure. to just see us struggle eating something that we really don't like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know, guys. You're probably right, but yeah. So for me, um, coleslaw and olives. As I grew up, um, they just. They, they stopped scaring me as much. And you'll be pleased to know I don't mind what food touches what food now. <laughs> so it was it was really, really, really nice having a bit of Vicky on the podcast. It was. She was <laughs> such a hoot. She was just hilarious. Yeah. And it, she seemed to have a good time too. She did. Certainly left me hungry. <laughs> 
Yeah. Absolutely starving. Yeah, there's a lot of food talk. Um, so, Kate, this week's cooking technique challenge. Um, I want to know more about slow cookers. Slow cookers. The amount of questions that we get on a daily basis about what should I make in a slow cooker, how do they work, is absolutely ridiculous. And the thought of having a meal ready for you at the end of a day, you know, when you come home from work and it is yeah. ready... What is when this you walk, magic? When you walk through the door and you can smell smell it's, the food as you walk in the door. Exactly. What is this trickery? <laughs> so can we have like an idiot's guide to slow cooking for those of us that that haven't indulged? Okay, so what would you like to know about slow cookers? So Kate, what is a slow cooker? <laughs> a slow cooker is a big crock pot almost, um, which keeps the temperature consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Slightly lower temperatures, so you can cook food for longer and slower without it drying out. See, that's, that's such a good idea. So what would you usually, like, could you tell us, like, a few recipes that you would cook in the slow well, cooker? The one, obviously, that we did for Vicky was done in the, the slow cooker, the campfire stew. We've got the regular campfire stew, which we do in the slow cooker. Also things like soups, stews, chilies, things like that. Anything that you can... That you want to do in bulk, that you can just throw in there and leave it and forget about it. But at the same time, you don't have to do much prep. So no, you literally just chop it up. And... Literally chop it up, throw it in. You do what people call um, dump meals. Yeah. Where they just prep the stuff the night before, leave it in a bowl or a bag in the fridge, and then just throw it all in the, the slow cooker in the morning. Turn it on before you go out to work, when we could go out to work. <laughs> and then you come back after the end of the day and it's all there ready for you so I'm, I'm guessing that um so usually with meat especially the cheaper cuts of meat you have to cook for lower and longer so yeah yeah you can you cook things for like six to eight hours yeah usually on a for like meats like diced meat and things like that chicken can take a little bit less it's six hours or so yeah but the thing about slow cookers is if you put everything in when it's hot it will take a little bit less time and never lift the lid off it when you're cooking. Why is that? Kate? Because every time you take the lid off, it reduces the cooking time. It um, makes the cooking time longer by about 20, 30 minutes. Really? Yeah, because it let, lets all the heat out and then it has to get back up to the heat again. That's a really, it's, mm. I never knew that. So if you have to take the lid off, do it as few times as possible. But at the end, you should let the lid off because. Often, so often things that you do in the slow cooker turn out quite watery mm -hmm. because obviously all of that, all of the moisture that's evaporated. So usually when you cook something in a frying pan, for instance, like a sauce, it will reduce down. Yeah, because, because it's the, evaporating all exactly, the liquid. Exactly, the steam escapes, whereas in a slow cooker that doesn't happen. No. So you'll notice when you lift a lid off a slow cooker, there'll be an awful lot of moisture that goes everywhere. Yeah. Especially uh, if you've got a lot of veg in your dish. Yeah. Um, so that's why in things like the campfire stew, the only liquid that you have in there is from the tins of, mushroom, of mushrooms, from the tins of tomatoes and beans. Because you don't need any more. you don't need any more liquid in it. Because it's going to keep it all yeah. in there. So quite often we get asked, like, how do you thicken things that come out of a slow cooker? So how would you say, for instance, Kate, I made campfire stew and I wanted it a bit thicker, what would I do? Um, you just take the lid off and let it cook for a little bit longer so it reduces, and but it actually lets out the steam 
and it evaporates a bit of the liquid. Is there anything that I could do if I didn't have the time to wait for it to evaporate down a little bit? Could I add like some beans in there? To you can. It up, you can add or... some beans. Or what you could do is take a, a couple of ladlefuls of the the dish out of there, blitz it with a hand blender, throw that back in and stir it up, and then that's thickened it a bit. Dead clever. See? And then you don't have to oh, add flour or mm-hmm, corn yeah. flour. And if you if you do stews and things like that, just put potato in because that naturally will thicken. Yeah, and it breaks down as it and goes. And barley as well. Barley's a good one to thicken things. Clever. Pasta. Yeah. Pasta in a slow cooker. And that'll thicken up sauces a bit. Perfect. Yeah. I, I think that answers the idiot's guys to slow cookers. I think so. So that's about it for this week, Kate. Yep, so if you don't want to miss our next episode... Then you better subscribe. And if if you've enjoyed today's episode, you can hop online, you can rate it, you can... Leave us some stars. Leave us some stars. You like saying that, don't you? Yeah, I do. No, you're such a star. Never used to get stars at school. (laughs) This is the best. (laughs) This is the closest I'll get. Stars for our podcast. (laughs) So, yeah, just just head over wherever you're listening to us now. Um, And, yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks very much. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.